1: This episode of the Cult Popsha podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credits scene at the end of each episode, or join us for our monthly movie club Zoom call where we discuss a film together, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com. Hello
2: everybody and welcome to the Cult Popsha podcast, my name is AJ and you are joining us for something we do every year, which is where we look at the year to come in film and we talk about. which film looks the worst or which one we're most excited for we've it's gone by a few different names um including most anticipated most uh, dumbest looking and this year it's like the dumbest looking films we hope are coming out in 2021 which is because a lot of the stuff got delayed from last year so if you enjoyed last year's episode you might find that um some of this year is the same uh information um and so the what uh, one of the problems with making a podcast about the very very uh unstable landscape that is currently Hollywood um is that <laughs> as opposed to before the pandemic when it was very stable um is that a lot of the stuff uh, is being delayed as we're releasing these episodes and so we recorded this a couple of days ago and already stuff has moved so in this episode we do talk about Kingsman, which was pushed to August and also A Quiet Place 2 was also pushed to late 2021 so we do still talk about them in their original uh um release dates or at least the release dates that were original when we started recording um but a lot of the stuff could even still change between when i've recorded this little intro and when you hear it um and also this is a two-parter episode so i i imagine in one week when we release part two even more will have moved so this is just a little um warning for that uh, there are no time codes in the description of this episode for when we talk about stuff just because we're not spoiling anything um but this is a two-parter episode so give it a listen and let us know what you are most excited for what you think is going to be the dumbest looking film or what do you think will be the dumbest film? Um, and yeah, enjoy the episode.
1: What's up movie fans? Welcome along to another ripping episode of the Cult Popshire podcast. I'm your host DJ Dick Mart and... Uh... <laughs> And I'm joined today by uh, Jizzy Jez and
2: AJ. <laughs> oh, I was waiting for like Action Jones or 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 Action um, Jones
1: News. Give us an action. De- describe an action for us.
2: Um. Okay. A um. A kick is when you take your foot stay with me um you propel it forward or backwards it can you can do a back kick um in 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 a a attempt to move or damage something dick mart you're not you're not great at this i have to say
0: that that, that, that was a terrible prompt (laughs) yeah why was a bad prompt
1: or was a bad acceptance of the prompt
0: i i think both but i'm gonna i'm gonna lay it at your feet because you're hosting Hmm. While I refuse to host any
1: longer.
2: Yes, and welcome to the Cold Pop Show, to to the Cold Pop Show podcast. Everybody, my name is AJ. I'm here with Jeremy and Richard, (laughs) and this on this this sunny January uh, eve evening, um, we're going to be talking, uh, doing something we do every year, which is talking about the movies that are coming out in the next twelve month period. Um, but this is a little different. So the first couple of years we did this, we did the most anticipated films to come out in that year. Then last year, um, I suggested to uh, mirror it with the most disappointing films of the year. We do the dumbest looking films of the year. Just so that Um, they're
1: they're all negative.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's more of a negative stance, more of a cynical, sarcastic New Zealand position to take. Um, And then... um, None of the movies that we talked about last year um, came out. Well, a few uh, of got them delayed. did,
1: but it was rare. <laughs> it
0: was a they were the exceptions that proved the rule. Which, as you could you could say, is the dumbest thing.
2: Hmm that's true and so we pushed it all we pushed it all back and so this is actually you can actually go just go listen to the dumbest looking films of 2020 episodes um again instead of this one because a lot of it is going to be covering the same yeah mate crap. i've got
1: the exact
0: same things to say about them as well <laughs> i've got stale year old takes no hot takes here no.
2: no no hot takes none whatsoever and this is going to be the the, the title of this episode is going to be uh, the dumbest looking films we hope are coming out in 2021 <laughs> part part one because we are anticipating this will be a two-parter episode
1: yeah th- we're most anticipating it very good <laughs> all right so the way we do this is and this is by no means a comprehensive list of everything that is coming out in 2021 There's plenty of lists readily available of the movies that are coming out. I've gone through a few of them and I've put them in release order. Um, So there'll be ones that we've left off. Please comment and let us know what your most anticipated films of the year are. Maybe uh, we didn't know about them. Maybe when I read the title of it, I didn't realize the significance of it. And I didn't think to do any deeper research. Um, But... What we're going to do is we're going to start, um, because it's already mid to late Jan now, January that is, the month. Thank you. Um, And so there's a film coming out called Nomadland, uh, which is the new film from Chloe Zhao, who uh, will make another appearance later on in this um, podcast, or probably next episode if this gets broken into two. Uh, But she made a film in 2017 called The Rider, which... uh, cards on the table I have not seen but by all accounts it is amazing um, and she was she was handpicked by Marvel to make uh, Eternals uh, which is coming out at the end of the year uh, but she had made this little film called Nomadland which is um, Frances McDormand plays a widow, a, a nomad um, who just kind of goes around being a nomad and uh, a lot of the supporting cast are played by actual nomads which is kind of one of the things that this film has been praised for this is um, one of those films everyone's like, people are just saying, you know, when Chloe Zhao wins uh, Best Director, when Francis McDormand wins Best Actress, uh, when this film wins Best Picture. It's kind of a given at this point that this is going to do very well at the Oscars. I'm very excited to see it because I've heard so much about it. But I would love to know, uh, Jazzy and uh, Big AJ, what are your... Um, what are your opinions on the film? Have you heard of it?
2: I have heard of it. I've seen the poster for it. I've seen the like kind of a screenshot of Francis McDormand. It's a very blue-looking film. Um, mm. I I know almost nothing about it. You've told me the most I've heard about it just now. Yeah. If it's if it's go, if it's gonna win Oscars, I imagine we'll probably see it for our Oscars yeah. season later on this year.
1: Which um, worth pointing out, the Oscars season this year um, normally would be kind of doing them around now. But uh, Oscars season, the Oscars aren't until April 25th this year, and the 12-month period uh, when, with which films are eligible, which is normally just a calendar year, has now been extended to 14 months, you yeah, to the end of February to get a film out. I'm sure we'll go into this more uh, come April when we start covering uh, Oscars season, but Uh, Yeah and and essentially to be eligible normally you have to screen in a theatre in Los Angeles but now you essentially just have to prove that you intended on doing that and um, if you weren't able to because of the (laughs) coronavirus pandemic which um,
0: you know is the reason. (laughs) The dog ate my theatre in LA. (laughs) yeah. So, Jeremy, what about? Have you heard of Nomadland? I haven't. No, I, I, um, uh, have taken an interesting tech this year. Going into this podcast, I have consumed almost zero news outside of what is delivered to me by BBC, by mainstream Washington media. Post. Yeah, mainstream media. I have not gone looking. I on like any... to call it
2: something else. Between the three of us, I don't call it mainstream media. I call it something else. <laughs> I'll leave it up to the listeners to figure it out. Do you?
0: Do you Is it the lion media?
2: It was lamestream media was what I was going for.
0: Oh, yes. You're the only person who says that. I'm definitely... Well, no, he's not the only person, but he was the first (laughs) one. (laughs) Yeah, so anyway, I I have not heard of Nomadland, um, but as soon as you said the word... Do you want to go see it together, Jeremy? Do you want it to be our annual film trip this year? Oh, that could be good. Yeah, (laughs) let's do it. Although I do like those to be horror movies because I always enjoy the tension that's like rippling through your body as it sits next to me. It's very Mm. erotically charged. Like when we saw um
1: A quiet place. If Beale Street if Beale Street could talk. <laughs> oh
0: yes, yes. That was that was yeah.
2: <laughs> Terrifying. Was horrifying. God <laughs> The the social injustice is just so scary. The tension <laughs>
1: <laughs> So that's no land. Yeah, I've kind of avoided trailers for it. Um I tend to these days kind of just go. Well, I'm probably going to say I don't. Yeah, you know, I don't need to be convinced to see it by by any kind of marketing. Yeah. I've just heard it's very good, so I'll just see it anyway. I
0: think that Frances McDormand is one of those actors that she's she's gotten into a place where, um, like there's some directors, some actors that, or some um screenwriters. That whatever they choose to do is just always going to be very interesting. Like mm. she, whatever she chooses to put herself into, and and I'm sure she is now at the stage of her career where she can just go, "Yep, I'll be in your movie," and everyone's like, "Thank you, yes." As as
2: as Michael Keaton, the female, the the male Francis McDormand.
0: No, Chris. Um, uh, what's his face? Chris Evans. <laughs> Pine. No. Um.
2: Uh. <laughs> Pratt. But, oh. Um, damn it. Gotta need a... Chrissy Teigen. What's that? <laughs> Chrissy You gotta need Teigen. to pay this off, Jeremy.
0: <laughs> Chris, um, he's the old... Chris Dorner. Older dude. The, Christopher Plummer. Oh my gosh, not that old.
2: That's the older dude! Why are you mad? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the oldest dude! Older, older than Chris Pine and Chris Evans and Chris Pratt. Mm. Um, And in movies with Francis Chris Dorman. Chris Catan. Oh my, I'm just on, I'm on IMDb. This is ridiculous. What movie is she
2: a, God, is I, in? God,
0: I have no idea who you <laughs> yeah, mean, <same>. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I was thinking maybe you were going to say John Malkovich, since they kind of have the same face. You just put hair on John Malkovich and it's Francis McDormand.
0: Oh, this is so, I've, guys. What, what are they
1: from, Jeremy? I,
0: I can't even. Tom, are you thinking of Tom Hanks? You're just, <laughs>
1: you're just thinking of Tom Hanks, aren't you?
0: What movies has she been in with Tom Hanks? No, um. Chris, this is uh, this. Chris Christopherson. No, Chris Christie. No, he's, Governor <laughs> yes. Chris Christie, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. I feel
2: like you're mad at us, Jeremy, and I don't know how to help. i I'm, oh, This is this is bad content, Jeremy. This is such bad you try
0: content. You trying to remember the hold Chris? Hold on, hold on.
1: Uh, Comment below with um with what, who what Chris you. There think are so Jeremy many Chris's in of. Hollywood. This is a meme. It's literally the most common name in Hollywood. Christian Bale
2: (laughs) Oh my god This is Christmas (laughs) Jones The the Bond girl From The World Is Not Enough No No What's he been in Oh this is so annoying We're not We're not moving on Until you figure it out
0: (laughs) I'm just gonna go through All the movies That Francis McDormand Has been in (laughs) Martin
2: Freeman This is Oh Chris Rock (laughs) No They both both, They both Are part of the Fargo mythology And, And Fargo Yeah absolutely not no um, I shouldn't have asked I shouldn't have asked if, if, if Michael Keaton is the male version of Francis McDormand yeah well, but now I fucking want to know guys
0: I'm so sorry this is so painful uh, oh no I feel so much pressure
2: think fresher. of one film right. Jeremy
0: we'll be able to right, tell I'm you I'm stopping recording <laughs>
1: John Carroll Lynch He's uh, he plays Norm Gunderson in Fargo and He's fucking great. <laughs> He's also in The Founder with Michael oh. Keaton, the male Francis McDormand. So
2: Michael Keaton, the, the male Francis McDormand. How, how about we move on to the next film and Jeremy continues to look for the, this mysterious, elusive Chris. Chris Elliott? Oh, I know who you mean. You're talking about... um, who's the Chris North? No, who's the bad guy in uh, the Muppets movie?
1: Yes, 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 yes. Oh, um... <laughs>
0: Fuck. Um, Chris, Chris Cooper. Cooper Chris Cooper Thank you Oh my gosh this is, Chris Cooper This is
2: um, the worst Not
1: Not Chris Not Chris Noth AKA Big From Sex and no. the City Okay Alright Well that's That was Fucking not worth it Jeremy August said He was in he's August, not, August He's Osage not even the, the male Francis McDormand He is
2: the male People Might not be hearing this, but we're watching Jeremy get told off by presumably his wife on the Zoom call right now. It's very—he's he's he's trying to—he's trying to like tell her yes, sorry, okay, without saying anything, and it's very funny.
0: Babe, babe, you will literally wake the baby.
2: But babe, I just found out it was
0: Chris. It's Chris Cooper. It's Chris Cooper. Hey, by the way, and she's like, "Oh, by the way, okay, okay, sorry." Personal, um, personal request to the Discord: please sound off in the Discord if you agree that Chris Cooper is the, is the male version of Francis McDormand. It's just got that same please brittiness. sound
1: off in the Discord if you think that um, Jeremy will literally wake <laughs> the baby.
2: Not 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 an extreme enough of a situation to use the term literally. No no no. Actually, what, what what will
0: happen is that the they will sound off in the Discord, but they'll sound off in the Discord about one comment that you make in the post-credits yes, scene, rather true. than anything anything we yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. in the next two hours. Yeah, fuck you. I love burritos, man. Yeah.
2: Yeah, f- yeah. Fuck the Discord. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. All right. Um. So that's Nomadland. <laughs>
2: Thirteen minutes in. And, and Chris Cooper. Um,
1: <laughs> uh. So. Um. 5th of February, coming to Netflix, um, which is a streaming service, um, we have a film called Malcolm and Marie. Mm, Have you guys heard of this? uh,
2: This is one of those things where I've avoided the trailer for, because I was like, I might probably see this.
1: Yeah, so this is uh, stars Zendaya and John David Washington, and I think nobody else. (laughs) Uh, It was filmed during lockdown um and so it's like yeah one of those things that they just they got a house and they're like we're still so eager to work let's keep doing stuff and it's about um a filmmaker and his girlfriend they discuss their past relationships while returning home from a movie premiere um eh, i don't know like i feel like i'll watch it but part of me feel worries that it might be like a little too pretentious. It's shot in black and white. Mm. Oh um, gosh! Which, you know.
0: I feel like we're probably going to get because of COVID. We're probably going to get a lot of these movies, and they're movies that normally, when we talk about these things, we say it seems like a play because they're all stuck in a room or this. Yeah. You know, they're they're all in one location, and it's all just a sort of like deep and complex conversation between a couple of characters. Are we going to talk um, about but it's, the
2: other movie that was filmed or is set in lockdown? Uh,
1: I actually. Um, I don't have it on my list. I think maybe because it's actually already out. It's got... Um if the one you're referring to is Locked yeah. Down with um, Anne Hathaway and Chiwetel Ejiofor, is that the one you're thinking of?
2: Yeah, that's a heist movie. So naturally it'll be lost on me. There, I did the joke. <laughs> uh, and and it, apparently it's real bad and all the reviews are like, hey, guess what? This movie's bad if you didn't couldn't tell by its plot synopsis.
0: <laughs> yeah. What is, what is the plot synopsis? It's a
2: heist taking place during lockdown.
1: Yeah, and it, it's like most – you're like, oh, my God, how did they film a whole movie during lockdown – and you watch the trailer and it's like, oh, it's mostly on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> um there's also that Michael Bay movie which shot during lockdown. Um, I believe um it might just be a um uh, produced by him. But it's um they got into quite a lot of trouble for shooting during lockdown Songbird.
2: Michael Bay getting called, into trouble starring
1: um Kiwi KJ Epper.
2: Is that is that um the one where it's about like COVID twenty
1: twenty one? Yes. Yeah. Well, COVID tw- uh COVID nineteen has mutated into COVID yeah, twenty three. Yeah. yeah. And the world is in its fourth pandemic year. Oh, imagine that! Still being a lockdown in twenty twenty
0: three, like that. Be and, and like it, we, they just they released it while we were all still in the like. Very, it felt like way too early stages of dealing with what COVID was, and then they were setting a dystopian future essentially in what we were already in, and it's just like, hey, that's a great marketing technique—make people feel even more depressed about their lives. But isn't it,
2: isn't it, on the side of like the government's faking it? it? Wasn't that what it got into trouble for? Yes, yeah. Well kind of, like, resist... No, no, it was like, kind of it got like into a,
1: trouble because of the actual, like, the way it got around lockdown rules, and I don't think it was completely safe. And But uh,
0: also on. people were... It, it definitely had the tone of, kind of, like, resist the government, yeah, yeah. and, like, you know, like, KJ Upper's character is kind of, like, trying to... It was. It felt very Hunger Games-esque,
2: like, trying to get around the dystopian government that's trying to control <sighs> everyone. Preying on the wrong anxieties that should not be preyed upon right now. Mm. Um, yeah, 100%. Before we move on to the next film... Uh, uh, Jeremy I would just like to get your opinion on uh, the 1996 film Lone Star I loved it Oh cool because it's the only film that Chris Cooper and Francis McDormand have starred in together <laughs> <laughs> uh, It has 94% on Rotten Tomatoes Roger Ebert loved it so good taste That's I guess That's great well, Roger great.
0: Ebert and Jeremy. Birds and look, and it, it,
2: it stacks up to the theory that those two are only ever in great movies.
0: <laughs> well, the thing is that also Chris Cornell, uh, Chris, Cornell Chris Cooper. <laughs> hey, that's who you that's were thinking think of. of. Oh, Chris, right. the, it, it comes, it comes from him getting a Best Supporting Actor Oscar for his role in Adaptation, which feels like a very mm. Francis McDormand movie.
2: Yep, I'll I'll concede to well, that. Meryl Streep. Anyway. The, the, the female, it's Meryl Streep, the female Chris Cooper, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so that's Malcolm and Marie. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's like you said, Jeremy. It's going to be a very much a feels like a play kind of movie. Um, and it, it, it will be interesting to see how much like good art comes out of uh this whole, this whole. You know, you know what we're all going through. I don't need to say it. Say it. Um, so twelfth of Feb we have um. One of the first big releases of the Warner Brothers HBO Max deal. Uh, If you're not aware, this is what happened with Wonder Woman 1984, where uh, films are going to be released the same day in theatres and on HBO Max. They're going to be available to stream on HBO Max for a month, and they're going to be released in theatres, in places where theatres are safe to open. Now, uh, this uh, I'll get to what the movie is in just a second, but I think it's we... It's going to be popping up a little bit, so I think it's important that we kind of talk about this because this is, like, game-changing for the industry.
2: I don't think it'll last the whole year. I reckon, if, depending on how well the vaccine does, because um, they've already talked about taking Dune off, the, off this release... A, you know structure um so yeah
1: there's there's a the law a lawsuit currently yeah
2: on i reckon it i reckon they'll they'll do it for the movies at the start of the year but as we get into the year they'll they'll rescind their their deal with hbo max yeah,
1: i think personally that the likes of christopher nolan and all these people complaining about it should grow up Ooh. and um that like t- to me, honestly, because people because Christopher Nolan had that famous quote where he said, um, "These people went to bed one night thinking they were working for the best film studio and found out they were working for the worst streaming service," which is just such a petty little thing to say. And because because Warner Brothers has traditionally been uh, very much on the side of the filmmakers and the actors and 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 whatnot, and it's kind of like you know the the filmmakers' studio and. To call HBO Max the worst streaming service just feels like you're an upset little child. But the- someone's
2: never heard of Crackle. <laughs> None <laughs> yeah, of us. Yeah.
1: Quibi, the one that didn't even last <laughs> the year.
2: Quibi's the biggest death of, twi- of the COVID, um, <laughs> the COVID pandemic. I don't think you can attribute
0: that to, to COVID at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um. But yeah, like to me, this is. Uh, Warner Brothers and HBO Max being like, okay, America fucked up this pandemic real bad. How do we not punish the rest of the world for this? And this is like, look, if you're in a state where it's safe to go to the movies and you feel comfortable going to the movies, by all means, go. But, we, like, honestly, they're just going to be making, there's, there's, they're, they're still making movies um like it's safe to make movies but it's not safe to release movies so there's just going to be this pile that just gets bigger and bigger of completed movies and it like it makes sense to actually start releasing them no matter what kind of thing and i think there's either like 12 to 15 of these uh, releases anticipated this year and hbo max is what like 15 dollars or so a month if you keep it for the year and you watch twelve of these brand new release movies, that's the same price as you know going to the movies for, 12 times. for one for one person. Um, but
0: you will get like people coming over to watch. movies. Yeah, exactly. Like,
1: obviously, you know there's going to be households that share them and whatever. But um, yeah, I, I think I think it's a great idea, and I think it's it's a way to uh, satisfy everyone except for the filmmakers, and I think they just need to. Grew up a little bit. The, the, we went to go see. We went to go see Wonder Woman '84 in the cinema, and I, I was like, you know what, this was, yeah. Cinemas need to improve. <laughs> like big chain one, Like I, I, do still love going to like a um, an indie theater or an art house theater uh, where they kind of respect the film going process a little bit more, and they they play films you can't really see anywhere else. But going to like a big chain theater where it's just super expensive, you have to sit through so long of ad like half an hour of ads and then people just fucking talk around you anyway it's like yeah like it's, it's like how taxis went unopposed for like a century and then Uber came along and they said oh like they're taking all that money and it's like yeah, because you cornered the market and you didn't have to improve and now a competitor's come along and you're just complaining about it. It's like you actually need to adapt or die. I'm sorry, movie theaters.
0: But you Yeah, did. like a competitor come along and and, and, and base its entire um, market model on losing money for like 10 years by not paying their drivers enough money to live on um, and the, all the taxi companies that actually have unionized workers who are earning wages that you know can actually make them live. Can't compete with the prices and so you've got a big tech company that can afford to just lose money for 10 years until it puts all the taxi companies out of business and then they win so the d- movies should just do the same thing yeah so you get it Jeremy thank you
2: um <laughs> see there there are two diametrically opposed viewpoints here and I'd like to tell everyone that I think the truth is somewhere in the middle <laughs>
0: you're so brave mm. I,
2: like
1: i i just think that it's yeah the, the 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 main my main if you take one thing away from this it's my, my opinion is that this is a great way of not yes. punishing the rest of the world for america yep. fucking up the pandemic and it's like oh yeah I'm i'm sorry america this is actually just what you have to deal with for doing such a shit job i'm sorry <laughs> And it's like, oh, no, it was our president. Yeah, you voted for him.
2: So. Well, I, I feel like none of the people listening to this podcast probably voted for him. So, Yeah, but,
1: they, but they're but they complicit. All Americans are bastards. Um,
2: <laughs> or, or as we like to say, Ab. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so the film uh, I am talking about here is called Judas and the Black mm. Messiah. Now... I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer for this, but it's fucking yeah, yeah. dope. It's a real cool trailer. So this stars Daniel Kaluuya as um, oh Fred gosh. Hampton, Fred Hampton, uh, and it also stars Lakeith Stanfield and Jesse Plemons, who are all actors oh, that I will watch in anything. And just when you get this like really, really well made trailer that just it hypes you up. Um, this is this is a must yeah, see yeah. for the, me. This might even make my my top most. Yeah, anticipated. yeah.
2: Jesse Plemons looks like despicable in it as well he looks like devious like pure evil man it's so great to see him returning mm. to his roots he's you just know? got that
0: punchable face Eh. yeah mm, yeah oh well and
1: this is this is like and i think i've said before but it's like um this is one of those roles where it's like jesse Plemons is filling the void left by Philip Seymour hoffman he yeah, does yeah, look absolutely. so similar mm. but yeah so as daniel kaluuya as um uh, Fred Hampton who was the chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party um, and uh, William O'Neill like Keith Stanfield's character agrees to become an FBI informant to take him down and and um, Jesse Plemons plays the FBI guy mm. that kind of um, that brings him in um, but yeah it definitely, looks awesome man yeah check out the trailer if you haven't seen it it looks fucking mm. sick <laughs> Uh, all right, moving right along. Uh, there's also a film called Minari coming out um, the same day as Judas and the Blake Messiah. Do you guys know much about this? Never heard of it. Um, so this is um, one. Uh, so th- here's the synopsis. A Korean family moves to an Arkansas farm in oh. search of its own American dream. Amidst the challenges of this new life and the strange and rugged Ozarks, they discover the undeniable resilience of family and what really makes a home. So this stars um, Stephen Yeun, and it's uh, directed by Lee Isaac Chung. And I have heard Yeah, of this is one of those ones again where it's like I've heard nothing but good things about yeah, yeah. this film.
2: Yeah, isn't it already out? I think it's already out.
1: Uh it's uh, it, well this much like nomadland i think has been touring like indie circuits right and right. um yeah it's been available but this is when it's getting a wide release yeah um and it, it comes out in new zealand on that day so uh same day as that um something that i'm sure we just as high quality as judas and the black messiah and minari is uh <laughs> to all the boys always and forever uh one of three netflix trilogies uh, f- well, or Netflix franchises releasing a third instalment in 2021. You've got all the boy To All the Boys, Always and Forever. You've got The Kissing Booth 3, and you've got a franchise very close to our heart, Woo! a Princess Switch 3. Uh, wh- h- h- which one are you guys most anticipating? I'm anticipating- Which is the dumbest looking film you hope comes out in 2021?
2: Well, the dumbest looking one is probably um, uh, Princess Switch 3. I feel like that's going to be pretty dumb in a fun way. No, doubt. also,
0: also, my most anticipated. Whip whip. <laughs>
2: I've heard I've heard um to all the boys uh serves its purpose if you you know like the, that franchise yeah isn't I, too I've bad.
1: seen the first one, and I think you have as well, Jeremy, haven't you?
0: Yeah, I watched the first one. I really liked it it was but like it was one of those movies where I was just like I heard a sequel came out and I was like, I don't need to see that <laughs> the yeah. first one did it the first one did what it needed yeah. to do
1: I think it was the last film I watched in 2018. When I, it was the 251st movie I watched because it was Christmas it was New Year's Eve I was bored at work and I was like fuck it I'm going to watch all the boys I've loved before
2: <laughs> it's it's also interesting with a podcast such as ours which focuses primarily on um on franchises to see why a trilogy burst forth from the the fertile grounds of Netflix in such quick succession like I almost feel like they cheated like th- th- does this deserve to be a franchise if it's like these the Cheaply made, you know. It feels- what if they just did it so quick? Yeah, yeah, but but so cheap as well. They feel like if these movies were like um a furniture you assemble that they would fall apart very easily, um, you know, like they're, yeah, right. they're they the it's the IKEA franchise. Is it is it IKEA Whereas, or is, I thought IKEA was a bit more reliable, but maybe that's a
0: great no. I, IKEA is just like the sort of flat pack, just get it done. Yeah, you but know, fuck, they make special. good meatballs and cinnamon. Whereas rolls. like you know, you're talking about your Star <laughs> Wars and, and and your Indiana Jones would be like your Dunskamobler. Mobler
2: Yeah, yeah. Whereas like. Film franchise Fortnite's the To All the Boys trilogy feels a little um, a little easy, you know,
0: a little on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think releasing releasing one movie every year for getting a trilogy done in three years is like,
2: whoa. I think that's what it is. I think. I don't think it's a real franchise if it's released year to year.
0: <laughs> Almost. Well, no. uh, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings yeah, would have something the, to say about that. There's That's a
1: true. few episodes uh, we'll have to to cancel. <laughs> Maybe okay. some that we'll have to stop in the middle of.
2: Something like Okay, something like Lord of the Rings is different because they planned it that way. They did not plan to make it to All the Boys trilogy. They just were yes, able to crank them out.
1: When the first one came out, it was confirmed to have two sequels.
2: Okay. I don't know what I'm talking about. And it sucks you that- You clearly don't. It sucks that it- it's AJ's- about to all the boys I loved before because I could probably talk quite knowledgeably about several other topics, but not this A- one.
0: AJ doesn't take seriously films that were aimed at teenage girls. Yeah,
2: not true.
1: Um, another film that I'm sure uh, you'll be able to talk about, AJ, and this one is released on uh, Warner Brothers HBO Max as well. Uh, Tom and Jerry. Mm. Very I- lukewarm response from you two. Act- is this live
0: action? Is this live action? Good question.
1: It's uh, live action, but Tom and Jerry are animated
0: in two Are days. they animated? It's like a, like a Roger ad- Rabbit
1: thing, but it's very flat. Like, you look at the trailer, and Roger Rabbit, like, it really feels like they're inhabiting that space. And, and her friend Roger Rabbit was was such a pioneer of all these techniques, and they really challenged themselves. Tom and Jerry just looks like they filmed the entire film and then just doodled them over top. And <laughs> like rotos- rotoscoped it over. Yeah, they, but they, they, there's not much effort to really make them feel like they're part of the scene.
2: I can't imagine this will be a particularly memorable movie, but it could be good for some laughs. Who knows? It's it's hard to tell with this couple of, of yeah, couple of yucks. Yeah, a couple of yucks.
1: Also that day, and I believe this is coming to Apple TV+, Plus, is Cherry. This is the Russo Brothers' first post-MCU film. Uh, it stars Tom Holland as a, uh, a war vet uh, who turns to Robin Banks. And apparently... It's not very good.
2: I've seen the trailer and I didn't think it looked particularly amazing.
1: Yeah, I watched part of the trailer and then I got bored of it.
2: (laughs) But you're such a Russo Brothers stan.
0: I've never said that. Uh, I think that you like.
2: Them. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe you've never said the words. I'm a big fan of the Russo brothers, but you've said the next best thing several times. Yeah, you've you
0: you have gushed. Uh, you have used used the words Russo brothers in in a full gush moment. Mm. What? Because I was talking about Endgame, and they and I just happened.
1: I had to mention the directors.
2: You didn't. They should go uncredited. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Feige, man. <laughs>
1: Now, Kevin Feige, there's someone I stan. I ship. I ship me and Kevin Feige.
2: Okay, I was going to say, that's not... Oh, okay. <laughs> I ship Kevin Feige. It's like, okay, with who? <laughs> where where uh, to? Where's it going? <laughs> overnight or, or, or a week?
0: You're so not woke, Jeremy. Uh, no, I, I haven't seen anything about this movie. I, I don't have a particularly high regard for the Russo brothers directing non blockbustery kind of films.
2: You don't like you, me and Dupree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't like welcome to Collingwood.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think subt-
0: subtlety is not their strong point.
2: Imagine if we ever did the Russo brothers for the director project and like everyone just picked you, me and Dupree.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I think it, it's, it looks like it might be a little bit like over Hmm. Like it 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 looks a bit tryhard It's kind of Tom
2: Holland trying to prove he can act and the Russo brothers trying to prove they like can direct. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh so fifth of March, uh we have Coming to America. Uh now the two there is a two.
2: I don't why would it be um, a two? I don't understand that. What does it's that a signify?
1: Ah uh, Two coming to America.
2: Ah uh, Is two a two in the original as well?
1: No, it's a two. Oh, okay. It's a T O. Ah, yeah.
2: Very clever.
1: So, coming to Have either of you guys, seen the first one?
2: No, no. I have nothing to say about this. I have no idea. Really?
0: I have seen it, but I saw it when I shouldn't have been watching it in the nineties. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was far, I was far too young, and therefore it kind of totally passed me by. I do remember having seen it though. Right. Um, well, should we talk about something more? Yeah, Steve I mean, there? well, I'm, I, I think it's, I think it's. What I'm excited about is it's actually a full-blown comedy movie, which you get so few of these days. And so I think that right. actually getting a movie, getting a sequel to an 80s comedy um, is just an exciting, I think it's just an exciting thing because I just like to, I, I, like, I even when they're crap, I do love a big swing for a comedy movie, you know?
2: look I do not I d I don't I don't know anything about it, but it's a sequel to an 80s comedy, so it bodes well.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Anchorman 2, here we come, but even worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well Eddie Murphy's always
1: um he's always bankable, right? Um also the poster for this has um Eddie Murphy's um Prince Akeem uh looking through a window that's partially rolled down. And there's a sign that says New York reflected in the window, which means that the original sign is backwards. <laughs> <laughs> because it's reflected the right way around. Um, this I but same see. day as that, a film that I think uh, we're probably all a lot more looking forward to, Chaos Walking. Remember this? We finally saw a trailer for it. Oh my gosh. This is, this is its third appearance on a uh, most anticipated podcast
0: it's the new new mutants
1: (laughs) yeah except like there's just no reason to care about it
2: and the the trailer for this revealed that not only uh will it doesn't not look like a particularly good movie it looks like it's made an astonishingly silly creative decision um which makes it better in a way because now it looks laughable not just forgettable do you want to
0: do you want to explain for people who don't remember what chaos walking is
2: So Chaos Walking is a movie we've been talking about at each of these start-of-the-year junctures for a while. It was originally written by Charlie Kaufman, whose uh, identity has been completely scrapped from the current, um, (laughs) what what looks like the current version. It stars Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley. It was filmed in, like, 2016.
0: You know, Um, back when they were, like, early, like, ooh, they're breakout
2: stars. Yeah, yeah, not when when one of their franchises... um, died in a heap um and the the which one <laughs> the, the plot is basically um all women have been killed <laughs> on this i think it's earth um and all the the remaining men on the planet are uh, their thoughts are vocalized you can hear their thoughts and you can see their thoughts if they think of some like a like a monster you see the monster um and daisy ridley's from outer space and she crash lands and she's the only woman there and so they all bandy together to and so she doesn't
1: have the noise it's called Mm. uh, which is being able to see her thoughts and
2: here's the thing it looks very stupid it looks um very trying to take an inherently silly idea seriously and while um i don't think it will be good who's really good at making inherently silly ideas Um, serious or who's really good at kind of that off-kilter, very uh, self-hating male, self-hating artist kind of.
1: um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller.
2: I realised that's what it sounded like I was leading you to. I was leading you back to Charlie Kaufman. I absolutely (laughs) see this as an idea originally by Charlie Kaufman that was then adopted by someone else and had all of the Kaufman. It is based on a
1: book, to be fair. Right,
2: okay. But then had all of the spark, like the Kaufman- spark removed from it in favor of a hunger games ripoff years after hunger games ripoffs have been bankable yeah like they're literally unbankable we've seen it there are three examples of a film that either is a hunger games movie or came out in the wake of hunger games that either made no money or or was not made or was delayed and made no money because of that um so those, and the, yeah. those three, three examples of Hunger Games, the final Hunger Games, the final Divergent movie was never made and the final Maze Runner movie got delayed way too long.
0: Yeah, I, mm. I think it's just a lot of effort to go through to justify why your film doesn't pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 all the women were killed oh, and they had God. to import a woman.
2: The implication there that that part of the plot was thought of after they've written it is very <laughs> funny to me. It's such a hard <laughs> thing to go back and integrate like, into oh, it. Oh shit,
0: there's only one female character in this entire script. Oh, all the women were killed. It's all good. Make it
2: relevant. Make it, work <laughs> it in. Work it in.
1: Because <laughs> also, like, this film was, was filmed pre-Me Too.
2: Oh, was too.
1: So it's probably very problematic. <laughs>
2: mm. Scrap it, I reckon. Scrap it. <laughs> no, nah, uh,
1: just dump it on HBO now. Um, so speaking of dumping things on streaming, thank you for that segue, Jeremy. Um, Raya and the Last Dragon. March 5th so this is um it's not being so much dumped on streaming but it is going to be available with the premium access that was uh, done with Mulan however in um places I think in places without Disney plus this will still get a theatrical release in fact I think it's getting a theatrical release everywhere it's just also being made available with the premium access where it's going to be 40 New Zealand dollars uh, really I thought it. this
2: one wasn't going to to cost I don't think they were doing uh, I that would do anything. I
1: believe again. it is, but um, mm. but yeah, it, it, the fact that they've now made it optional uh, is somewhat allows me to forgive it.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because that was the big thing with Mulan. It was like, well, you got yeah, with Premier Access on Disney Plus, um, yeah, the, like with Mulan, it's like, well, you've got no option. And the film's also really bad. Whereas I feel like Ryan the Last Dragon might be good.
2: I feel like it might be good. I feel like it'll at least be as good as the, you know, other di- modern Disney princess movies. I just,
0: I think it's really interesting that, well, interesting. It's like, I just think it's kind of interesting that like. both. I
2: just think it's funny how. <laughs> I <don't>, pretty much. <laughs> I just think it's
0: funny how Disney have only charged us 40 bucks to watch movies about Asian women.
2: That, that's Is that a correlation or causation thing? That's the question. I mean, we got to see Soul for free. That's true. Is it mm. is it racist then? Which I, way I don't is it know. racist? I don't know.
0: I mean, I just think it's like, what? Look, I think we can just all agree on the fact that Disney is racist. I agree. Well, I just, I just, I, th- I think at the very least, what we can all agree on is that no one is paying forty dollars to see a movie. <laughs> uh, it makes sense if you're like in a household and you
1: would normally be. Having to, you know, get everyone together and paying 40 bucks and you can see it as many times as you want. That makes sense. If
0: it's The thing is that, especially with kids, you don't pay, you don't want to pay lots of money for a new movie that your kids might not like when you can just watch the movies that they love billions and billions of times over and over again. Yeah.
2: Disney Plus should adopt the indie game payment strategy where you just pay what you think is fair.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so the stars, uh, Marie Tran as Raya, um calamari tran of uh star wars last jedi fame uh and also Aquafina and, and two seconds last of Dragon. star wars rise yeah. of skywalker fame <laughs> um but yeah i'll mainly be watching this for Aquafina personally i'm a big fan of hers not that i have anything against calamari tran because i'm not a racist or a sexist <laughs> um like every star wars fan who did who didn't like the last jedi um yeah Orquafina's fantastic yeah.
2: No, I mean, I I think has there been a trailer or anything? There has been, hasn't there?
1: Ah, uh, there was like a little preview kind of thing during the uh, investors that, you meeting.
2: Know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is. I'm not. I'm not expecting this to be amazing, but I'm expecting it to be enjoyable. You know.
1: Yeah, I'm not expecting
0: it to be amazing, but I am expecting it to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I
0: think what's really interesting is that you see through Disney's history the golden ages are where they go through the periods of doing these kinds of very um, well-known or kind of embedded in culture fairy tales. Um, So you have like the sort of Sleeping Beauties and, and Cinderella's and all that sort of stuff. And then you have the wastelands of kind of like the Black Cauldron and Rescuers and all that sort of stuff. And then they get back to doing kind of the, the big, uh, fairy tales that everyone knows about I do wonder if they're going to dip back into kind of a period where the the movies just aren't speaking to people as as much as they have been right. Yeah. well I think that the thing about something like Raya and the Last Dragon is I'm
1: expecting it to feel familiar mm. in a way you know like it, it seems like it's going to be a bit of a return to form for well I mean like not, not that Disney's been off form with their um you know their 3d output yeah Frozen 2 was pretty bad. Well, alright J- Jeremy, save it for most disappointing films of 2019. <laughs> so still in March, uh, 12th of March, The King's Man. So this is um, the the prequel to The Kingsman.
2: We've talked about this before, haven't we? This cuz this was going to talk come out in 2020.
1: Yeah, it was. A lot of your, that's a recurring theme of this podcast. And I'm going Sergio. to
2: point it out every time I remember. This this All conversation right. feels awfully familiar.
1: So the Kingsman, I'm excited for this. The trailers haven't excited me particularly, but uh I Kingsman is a guilty pleasure of mine, and it'll be fun to see Matthew Vaughan going full Matthew Vaughan in uh you, you know, in a period piece. I
2: feel like the and this is no fault of anyone's except uh the way i've i've hardwired my brain i feel like i can only be like excited about a certain movie for so long before the i i reach a dip i know what you mean and and for for things like the king's man it's like i, I could have gotten on the hype for this but like because it's taken so long and i saw the trailer like a year ago it's like i don't know i'm just i'm i'm not gonna not see it or anything but it's hard for me to get excited when um i my the the usual life cycle of being excited for a movie has expired because of everything getting delayed yeah i
1: know i know you mean and i think as well like the fact that so the first trailer for this was like very serious Mm. and then the second one had a bit more of the kind of fun action that we expect from a kingsman film and yeah the the whiplash of those was weird because it was it was interesting seeing the first trailer and being like oh wow it's like a serious kingsman movie and then seeing the second one and it's like it's not at all <laughs> and then the
0: third one it's like is it both (laughs) i'm just looking forward to the end of the movie when we figure out what other horrendous like disgusting thing matthew vaughn is going to do to a female character (laughs) yeah i i genuinely i'm really excited to see what that is in this film (laughs)
2: there's there's always one there's always one there's one moment in both kings kingsman movies which do you want
1: to explain both of them
2: no i don't but i'll say they feel too inappropriate for the movie that they're in that happens too inappropriate
1: for this podcast
2: I, I, I like it
1: in the first one. I think it's very funny in the first one.
2: Well, listen to any other podcast we've talked about, Kingsman, to find out what that moment is, because I'm pretty sure we bring it up at every single time. Every single one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: um, so a week later, we have a film called, which we haven't seen anything for yet. year. I didn't realize it was coming out so soon, but it's called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent.
2: This looks great. Uh, so, I mean, sounds so great. This,
1: uh, have you heard about this, Jeremy? No, tell me. Uh, so this stars Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage. Oh, yes. Um, so it's an obsessive fan forces actor Nicolas Cage to recreate his most famous characters and scenes during a birthday party. And it's a, a down on his like Nicolas Cage who is dying to get a role in a Tarantino film. And he attends like a Colombian drug lord's birthday party or something <laughs> like that.
2: Uh, so does that mean Tarantino's <laughs> going to be in it?
1: Uh, I don't think so. It does have Pedro Pascal in it. Um, That's the next best thing. Oh, he, He's he's the Mexican billionaire and Cage a super fan who sends him $1 million.
0: And Neil Patrick Harris and Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. This, this is great. This
2: sounds like it'll be a very fun movie. One of those, like, I reckon this will be the Borat 2 of this year. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, the the kind of, like it's hard to believe it got made and feels like it's about something that no one's ever made a movie about. (laughs) Like, I feel like this is, this is promising. Even though I have, I have heard about this for a while.
1: No, do you know, I feel like this is going to turn out more like a glimpse inside the mind of Charles Swan, the third. Who's that? Um, So that is a movie uh, written, written, directed and produced by Roman Coppola um, starring Charlie Sheen, uh, Jason Schwartzman, Bill Murray, and Patricia Arquette. It was released on my birthday in twenty thirteen. It was released on my twentieth birthday, and um, yeah, it kind of just very much flew under the radar. Wait, it was about there was a movie about Charlie Swan. Oh my gosh! Um, but th- th- this was very much like a capitalizing on the winning kind of thing. Oh and really? Like- but it's like an arthousey y kind of version of capitalising on that. I remember hearing about it coming out and then just being like, and being like oh, that look could, be, could be fun, and then it came out and no one gave a shit. <laughs> um, the Unbearable Weight of massive, massive Talent also stars Lily Sheen, who is um, Michael Sheen and Kate Beckinsale's daughter. Um, so Jess will be right there. I thought yeah. you were
2: going to say some relation to Charlie Sheen.
1: Well, no. But it is a sheen. Um, Pedro Pascal will be fun. That actually gave me a lot of hope for this film, reading that he was in it. <laughs> so 26th of March, this was... The, and prepare for this podcast to be out of date because we're getting Godzilla vs. Kong, which is going to be released on Warner Brothers HBO Max. It was supposed to come coming out in May and then it was pulled forward after they had a big hubbub about the the warner brothers hbo max release thing um uh, uh, the poster was just released and it's a fucking dope poster um yeah yeah you guys both did really big wide eyes at me I as was, if i was missing something
2: i was responding to jeremy's wide eyes what do you want to no, say no no no. i'm just i'm like
0: godzilla versus kong this is very uh film franchise Fortnite's content
2: ah yeah
1: so this was um this they've said there's definitively going to be a winner th- uh, theoretically um but the thing is a trailer is coming out about the same time we're releasing this podcast <laughs> so um you probably have just watched the trailer if you're listening to this um we probably are as well but i don't know whatever it'll am sure it'll look nice but after after king of the monsters what a crock of shit and it's got julian dennison in it Pfft.
2: I, after the after the three legendary monsterverse movies which are Godzilla 2014 K- Kong Skull Island and um King of the Monsters I have no hope in this being good at all. I think that the best one of those three movies so far was Godzilla, and even that is a is like a woefully flawed movie. Um, I have no faith in this being any good, and I don't think there will be any more after it. I think this will be the sinking ship of the legendary monster verse making that last boop as it falls beneath, beneath the waves
0: also sorry, just as a proposition. Can we just say, Godzilla versus Kong is not a fight that I'm wondering who's going to win. Because there is no no effing way that a large (laughs) primate will be able to defeat an enormous dinosaur that breathes blue fire.
2: Now, Jeremy, did you say effing instead of fucking because you might wake your daughter and she might hear you swear? Is that why? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> you seem so mad You shut yeah, up. <laughs> he does
0: this
1: is like dad jeremy getting angry at us no it's not oh, funny it just,
2: it,
0: oh it's just dang it all to
2: heck <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, they, they made kong in kong skull, skull island bigger than he normally is and that's also set earlier so they're trying to do I think they're trying to do a bit of like uh, he wasn't fully grown in that um, but there's potentially going to be some scaling up of Kong. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be. There's going to be some third kaiju that they end up taking.
0: Unless, unless what you say, what you mean by scaling up is that he's literally going to grow scales and kind of armor <laughs> plating on his They're body, dope. Because he's currently like a fleshy mammal. He may be big, but he's still a fleshy mammal. He could still like, take you, Jeremy. He could, but I'm not Godzilla yet. One day. Anyway, I just think what a what an absolute crock to like pit Godzilla versus King Kong just because they're two monsters that you have the rights to. <laughs> uh, all right, second
1: of April, nobody is releasing.
2: Ah, oh, the um uh, Bob Odenkirk's <laughs> Taken.
0: The um, Bobo Denkirk.
2: Yeah, Bob Odenkirk's. Uh, have you seen the trailer for this, anybody?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy? No, I, I I mean you just said Bob Odenkirk's Taken, so I'm imagining that it's. Yeah, it's like John Wick, but with Bob Odenkirk. That's yeah. amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah, it looks alright. I mean, I'm sure it'll be, you know,
0: fine. Not,
2: nothing and nothing incredible, but like I'm looking forward to it. I, I really like jo- uh, Bob Odenkirk, and I think this looks fun. It's fun when the when the poster released. Um, someone on Reddit was like, "There's gonna be a scene where um." where someone says to bob odenkirk who the fuck are you and he's gonna say me i'm nobody and then that scene was in the trailer which dropped an hour later
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this person knew yeah um so this is um the second film from the guy that directed um hardcore henry
2: right yeah yeah
1: the 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 pov film um who was also the cinematographer for that and i guess he played hardcore henry maybe i don't <laughs> know no hardcore henry and that was um
2: Oh no! No, yeah, Shalto no, Copley wasn't. was in the movie, but he was like the yeah. guide.
0: Wow, Shalto yeah. Copley is a name that I have not heard in a while,
2: and it's so fun to say. And he's and, not in enough.
0: And yeah, and he's a good screen presence.
2: Yeah, yeah. Actually, back, remove Sharlto.
0: remove Andy Circus from everything and just put Shalto Copley in that.
2: <laughs> My precious. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody um. likes you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Shalto Copley's uh, most recent film was a film that came out last year called The Last Days of American Crime. Um, it's uh, it came out. It, it has violent content and depictions of police brutality, and came out during the George Floyd protests. Um, many critics labelled it one of the worst films of all time, and it holds a zero percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes.
2: Oh my god! Doesn't sound like a fun watch, though, does it?
1: Uh no it does not. <laughs> it's wow. not a
2: zero percent in the same way Beethoven's third is a zero percent.
1: Yeah, that that's um that sounds very, very interesting. Um maybe watch that. It's a Netflix film. Um <laughs> so ninth of April, a week later we've got Bob's Burgers, the movie. Have you guys ever watched Bob's Burgers? No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I watched a little bit of it. Like if this is if this goes straight to Netflix, I'll probably chuck it on. Hmm. That's my review of Bob's Burgers, the movie. Uh, so a week later, we've got Mortal Kombat. Now this is, of course, based on the video game franchise. Uh, are either of you guys fans?
2: Will this be the one that breaks the video game curse? Every year we're like, this is it. Well, actually, I don't <laughs> think, to, to, to and credit to us, I don't think we've ever been fully convinced that this will be the one. It's It's so amazing that it hasn't been broken yet, though
1: like uh i think are you forgetting about sonic the hedgehog
2: i'm, the, the I'm not forgetting right about film for kids yeah or okay okay the The first great video game movie is still to happen and i think that's so interesting because everyone making a video game movie must be so cognizant of that fact they must be so focused on making a good one finally and yeah. yet no one's really been able to do it but mortal Kombat, i think I, do, I don't know much about Mortal Kombat. Does it need to be self-aware? Does it need to be funny to be good or will it be very serious? It it needs
0: to it needs to not be happening in 2021. Really? I mean seriously, when was the last time well, when was the last time
2: anyone played Mortal
0: Kombat? Like it's oh. so old. Uh, 2019 Mortal Kombat 11.
2: Mm, 11, Jeremy. Oh, 11.
0: Are they, they continue so they continuing to make these? Yeah. Oh,
2: sorry, I'm so out of
0: touch with video games. But does like, your daughter honestly, not play video M- games? Does Kombat... your daughter not play Mortal Kombat 11? <laughs> well, yeah, I'll be introducing it to her tomorrow. But, um, but,
2: got but it, like, ready for the movie, <laughs>
0: like as a, as a property, Mortal Kombat was everywhere. in, like, I don't, know, I'm say 1998 when I was in America. Like, it, like that, it, it was, yeah. it was the game everyone was playing. And now, it's the game like, there are playing. so many other video games that have more cultural cachet than Mortal Kombat.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, maybe that's what you do. Maybe that's how you break the curse.
0: And has anyone actually has it? Have either of you seen the
1: original Mortal Kombat movie? No, nah, I've seen that one clip everyone goes on about. AJ, what
2: yeah, are I'm you doing? It's very silly! Oh, just talk. No one can see me doing it.
0: <laughs> it is honestly so terrible, and not in an entertaining way. It's just—it's actually just offensive. Yeah. So, Mortal Kombat. Do, is this going to be the one to break the video game curse?
1: Absolutely not.
2: Yes, I'm. I'm putting money down, <laughs> all money yes. on Mortal Kombat.
1: Oh, that's this year's bet, is it? How much money yeah. are you putting down, and what are the and what's the actual measurable result?
2: Okay, here's what I'm putting down.
0: Oh, I will no. pay. I, I don't even know if I want to take this. This is awful.
2: I will pay you each ten dollars, ten dollars each. Yeah. If Mortal Kombat, um, do we want to go Rotten Tomatoes score? I guess that I don't know, mate. You're running this. Well, because I want to say is like generally received as being the best video game movie.
0: Right. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. No, that's not that's that's not what you're saying. No, you're saying like because it's not the best video game movie. It's saying oh, it's the it's first a, the first video- great
2: video game movie. Yeah. Okay, but that measurement of great, I guess, is what does Sonic have on Rotten Tomatoes?
1: Uh one moment. Sonic movie. Is Sonic the best one so far? Or is Pikachu?
0: Detective Pikachu probably has more on Rotten Tomatoes than 63% Sonic. Sixty three percent for Sonic, sixty eight
2: for Detective Pikachu. Okay. This film has to have to break seventy then. Alright. That's my bet. Mortal Kombat the movie 2021 will break 70% on Ron Tamise. That is the that is safest
0: the $10 I've ever owned. <laughs>
2: you, you guys have to each pay me $10 though if it's wrong. All
0: right. Sure. I mean, you know, I'm not going to do anything stupid, but I was just about to
2: say I'll pay her there. <laughs> I'll pay you $30.
1: <laughs> so around this time, it's worth mentioning, this was just announced today. Um, we were supposed to be getting no time to die the james bond film which we a year ago started um, our journey (laughs) doing the james bond films to try and tie into the release of um it's now been pushed to october and it is worth mentioning that no time to die was kind of the first big blockbuster that moved last year and that kind of paved the way for all the other studios to release to delay their films and this is the first big like 2021 release that has been delayed this year. Ghostbusters Afterlife was delayed end of last year. Um it was supposed to come out around the same April May kind of slot has been moved until later in the year. Um but it is interesting to see this could potentially mean that we're about to see a whole slew of release date changes again i imagine all the hbo max warner brothers ones are fixed because that's what they've done they've they, that's why they did it is they've they've been able to put a line in the sand and be like, this is when this film is coming out that cannot change um yeah but, i think that the the influence
0: yeah. of the uk film market is actually really interesting with this one because essentially bond films are like uh the biggest thing that comes out in the uk and mm. um and by Except october virus yeah, um, by October they'd everyone uh, vaccinated in the UK. So i I think October is a really interesting. It's an interesting choice yeah. because I think it's basically their safe bet on when basically all of, well, the majority of people in the UK will be vaccinated. Mm, which, what, compared, compare that to last year
1: when in early July they were going. Well, okay, things won't be alright by mid-July for Tenet, but surely at the end of July they'll be fine. (laughs) But now it's like, with the vaccine rollout, it's like, okay, there actually might be a feasible chance we could release this in a few months, but probably not in two months. Yeah.
2: I think you could not have picked a funnier title for a film (laughs) to be delayed almost two years. Almost two years this film has been delayed, and it's called No Time to Die. There is a time limit. If it gets delayed again it'll be the longest
1: gap between Bond films.
2: The most time to die he's ever had.
1: <laughs> uh, so um, another film that was originally supposed to come out and is the the first film I remember being delayed um, because of COVID is A Quiet Place Part 2. So this is one that if Bond is is, is moving out of that that release date, I this could potentially move as well. But A Quiet Place Part 2, Jeremy, this was our annual excursion a few years ago to see the first one um as much as i kind of enjoyed the first one i'm not sure i'm super excited for the second one there's no need for it uh this yeah it's part prequel part sequel and it looks like they're doing a little bit of the alien aliens thing going from like a bit like horror to action but it's got kelly and murphy in it aj you like him
2: i like him i think that um Again, this feel i'm very try, I'm desperately trying to remember what we said about it last year because it's probably the same um but like I guess this like with the same thing I said about the King's Man, where it's like my hype level for this movie has time has expired um but for this even more so where now I'm like maybe like living with it without seeing it for this long has made me feel like this is going to be your classic inferior sequel this is mm. going to do every you know it's gonna be it's gonna have some cool stuff in it but have like three or four crucial flaws which break the the immersion of the movie that being said as discussed many times on this podcast uh the first one is not perfect movie either so maybe we'll be looking at an imperfect movie and an even more imperfect sequel
0: yeah Jeremy any thoughts I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how audiences respond after covid to To a
2: pandemic movie
0: essentially well it's not a pandemic movie but it's it's a dystopian kind of of society shutting down because of something that affects the whole world i actually just think there's going to be zero appetite Mm. for people to want to go see anything like that i actually think we're going to end up with um absolutely the, the kind of movies that are going to be made and successful over the next few years are going to be extremely happy movies i think um like it yeah, just like I things I mean it's like after the after World War Two, you know um, films um, that were kind of very peppy and hopeful were very successful wow so was um, film
2: noir though Jeremy the um the genre that I studied in year 13 media studies was born out of a post-World War Two malaise and then is one of the only genres in movie history to disappear completely because society no longer needed it in the 60s when the free love movement happened and no one had time for movies about existential dread and uh, powerful woman who will steal all your money is what, <laughs> what <laughs> film noirs are
0: about. I, I really wish that you at that age were making like... Uh, YouTube videos about this sort of stuff because man I would have loved I
2: have mentioned this in several YouTube videos I, no but I would have loved
0: I would have loved to have seen the YouTube kind of film uh, analysis videos that 18 year old AJ was making
2: absolutely one day I think there's one out there it's not on Colpopsha but there is one
1: I wish I could move right into a ha- the happy film it would have been perfect segue but we do have a film that comes between them um, which is
2: miserable <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Black Widow, Marvel's Black Widow, kicking off Phase 4, finally, wow. on May 7th. Did
2: WandaVision not kick off Phase 4?
1: Well, it did, but kicking off the cinematic Phase 4. Um, speaking of which, we should wrap this up because there's a new episode of WandaVision. Just oh, yeah. Out. See you later, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Black Widow. Uh, what do we think? The, 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 the thing that I'm most anticipating about this film is how it justifies its yes. own existence.
2: I mean, this is, I apologize, but this is the conversation we've been having about this movie for two years, right? It's like, why, what a weird place to release a Black Widow movie, and as, I can't remember if if we had this on the last time we talked about this or not, my theory, and and many people's theories, I think, is that what it's going to do is is introduce Florence Pugh, um, and she will pick up the mantle of black widow moving forward in the mcu and that's why we got this movie now because the black widow uh series you know black widow two and three will follow florence Pugh um post endgame
1: yeah. i, I it, it almost feels like it's because we've we've spoken about this before but ike pearl was the one that kind of said no you can't have black superheroes you can't have female superheroes whereas kevin feige has been pushing for this for a long time apparently and yeah. um, this is kind of his apology. So they wrapped up Natasha's storyline in Endgame. And this is his kind of apology to Scarlett Johansson to be like, y- look, we're going to let you have your movie. And it just happens to fall in this really weird time. Um, There was the theory as well that it would be like, people telling stories at a funeral, but the fact that it's entirely set between Civil War and Infinity War is kind of like mm. uh, there's a lot that's just like, why are you doing this? But uh, like like you said, I'm sure either Florence Pugh or like
0: Taskmaster will show up further into I mean, it's, isn't it, isn't it yeah. possible that Hawkeye could just come across like a wishing stone and then like, you know, just totally like map Scarlett Johansson's face onto like an unsuspecting woman and then she just gets <laughs> His wife.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ooh.
1: Yuck. Anyway. Um, yeah, surprisingly little to say for a Marvel movie, but
2: that's its legacy.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll be fun. So, 21st of May, um, th- this film, Free Guy, the Ryan Reynolds uh, vehicle, which is he realizes he's an NPC in a video game. The original trailer for this came out, and it looked like R.I.P.D. It looked like an absolute, absolute crock of shit. However, the second trailer came out, and it's like he lives in the super violent video game, and he realizes he's going to go out there, and he's going to be like a nice guy, essentially, and he goes viral for just being like this nice person inside this video game um and this was this was originally supposed to come out you know earlier last year and it was moved to December last year um and i remember thinking like this is going to come out it's not going to be great but everyone's going to be like this is the film we need right now a film that just the message of it is just be nice to people.
2: So this this lead up was not you saying now I actually think it looks pretty good. It's you saying all oh, the bloody Justin and Britney wannabes are going to think it's real good even though Sorry, it's not. Sorry,
0: Justin and Britney wannabes? What decade are you in? Yeah. What
2: decade are you in? <laughs> who, who 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 can honestly say they would not want to be in Britney Spears's position right now? <laughs> Her dad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, what, what, yeah, like what, like all the Justin and Britney wannabes.
2: It's a South Park reference. I mean, it's it's a shorthand to how to talk about normies. Granted, oh. twenty years ago, but still oh, <laughs> still it still it's works, so goddammit. Oh what? Why would you what say whatever, it? whatever. Fuck I, anyway. You. Fuck all the uh, all Anyway,
1: yeah, so all the Justin and Britney wannabes. Um
0: yeah, well, I like. I think maybe it's-
2: I meant maybe I meant Justin Bieber. Maybe that's the Justin I was referring to.
0: Or you, Justin and Zendaya yeah. wannabes.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like I have to find a relevant Britney. <laughs> I meant these two. I meant these two. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I mean I think it'll be it'll be it'll probably be a fun watch. It, it's it's I think a lot of us are getting Ryan
0: Reynolds fatigue. Well, I think yeah, Ryan Reynolds doing that Ryan Reynolds character. Yeah.
2: It's pretty insane, isn't it? Like, mm. I guess this has happened all through movie history. You look at like Jim Carrey and stuff, but it's like it's pretty funny to have a Ryan Reynolds um brand archetype. You know. Richard, why do you keep licking your pop filter?
1: Um, I'm not actually licking it. I'm just I'm moving my tongue in front of it and I'm it's just to get a
0: reaction out of you.
2: Okay. Mission accomplished. It and Jeremy, what are you tearing up? What are you doing up there?
0: <laughs> all right, mum.
2: Well, I can, I can hear board. it while Richard's talking about his opinions. Well, put it down <laughs> as, a, as a piece of bubble wrap.
0: The sound integrity of this podcast must not be besmirched. Same day as that. Uh, we're getting
1: Spiral from the Book of Saw starring Chris no, Rock. No, thank you.
0: Oh, this is—he's so... your favorite Christian. Is, <laughs> <laughs> is this, is this going to be like? Is this going to be like the Witches, where like it's just sore but with a narration by Chris Rock?
2: <laughs> <sighs> the the, I think what we have here is a very interesting little case study that someone in and your position and my position, Richard, are uniquely qualified to recognize. Which is this is nothing new every like in a lot of ways saw was to the mid2000s what um a nightmare on Elm Street was to the 80s right mm-hmm. and all of these these horror franchises they do the original run of films and saw in Saw's case we got seven and then they try to do a reboot in Saw's case we got jigsaw a movie nobody remembers now and then after that failed reboot happens they try to do it again from like a different angle and the titles a bit different so texas chainsaw massacre we had a movie called leatherface um friday the 13th jason you know jason started taking the title instead of friday the 13th and this is this is what we're just halloween
1: we had one that they just called halloween
2: (laughs) we're just seeing the same cycle repeat again it's just it hasn't repeated for a long for like 10 or 20 years and now we're seeing it repeat again i think it's very interesting to watch and um i don't think this will be particularly different but if this film franchise fortnights um started 10 years from now and we drew the saw franchise we would have the same conversation about saw's tumultuous midlife as we did about you know texas chainsaw massacres
1: uh yeah i agree (laughs)
2: <laughs> thank you
1: uh so um 28th of may we've got a couple of films Ooh. uh one is called for nine um and the other is called cruella what do we want to talk about first here gang
2: oh for nine for nine <laughs> am <laughs> so i pronouncing this right for nine do i have to have watched the <laughs> other the other eight first to understand uh <laughs> so
1: this is the the ninth installment um well, technically the 10th, of the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, Fur- furious? Fur- furious? Fast and
0: for real. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Fast and Furious? I bet that's on the internet somewhere, all the furries. Um, the film stars
1: uh, Cardi B and Charlize Theron um, uh, with Helen Mirren. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, th- this is kind of... Um, uh, after the events of The Fate of the Furious, Dominic Toretto and his family must face Dominic's brother, younger brother, Jacob, a deadly it's assassin. It's about family. Who is working with their old enemy, Cypher, and who holds a personal vendetta against Dominic. Uh, that brother is played by none other than John Cena. Um, this uh, episode of the film of the, the Fast and Furious franchise uh, also features the return of Jordana Brewster, who played... Um, uh who played Paul, Paul Walker's, Walker's wife partner's a uh, partner in the film um and so Paul Walker in these films um Brian O'Connor, is he's not dead he's he's just gone away and I think bringing back Mia Toretto is, is potentially a very risky movie move but it also brings back uh Lucas Black uh who was the main character in the third film and also bringing back uh Han and they're, they're they're promising justice for Han. Oh my gosh! Uh, who was killed off in the third film? And then the uh, what was it? Four, five, six, and even seven were um were prequels. No seven. Anyway, it's, are- it's a very messy. No seventh. What? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a very messy movie. Uh, messy, messy. Uh, continuity, but uh, should be a lot of fun. Um, they've also confirmed that this film is going to take place in outer space which i
0: mean we've been waiting for it's although th- there's no rock in this film right uh not the actor no <laughs> <laughs> yeah no rock no jason statham which is i think going to be interesting to see how well the film's in their current state of kind of like yeah. suspended belief actually manages to go without the rock because i think he's he's the one yeah. who actually is that lodestar of like kind of yeah i'm okay with this because the rock is enjoying himself yeah and and, and like because
1: vin diesel seems to think that people tune into these films because of the messages of family or because uh, of, of vin not. diesel <laughs> yeah um, it's it's because
0: of The Rock and Jason Statham. Yeah, I mean, I think going back to your point about Jordana Brewster's character, I mean, the whole idea of when Paul Walker died, you know, the, the way they wrote Brian out of the movie was by, basically by saying that, you know, hey... I've done this one last job, but it put my whole family at risk, and I'm just not willing to risk my wife and children. It's just, you know, I, I'm going to get out so that I can protect them. And, yeah, I, I mean, are they going to kill Brian off finally? And that's the reason that Jordana Brewster is coming back? Sure, like,
2: surely okay. Vin Diesel isn't comfortable with killing Brian off. Like, well,
0: but it's just like, why would Brian say I need to get out because I need to protect my wife? However, if my wife wants to go into the fray, sure. Look, let, let her
2: because he's a feminist, Jeremy, and he, he lets his <laughs> wife be her own woman. Yeah, yeah, that's what because the, if that's, there's that's, one that's, thing the Fast and Furious movies are, is explicitly feminist. Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, but also because there's the thing in this in this world where uh, Dom named his son Brian. And like very much after friend but it's like he just moved away. You could call or text him at any time.
2: It's it's weird. It's a bad creative decision, in my opinion, to be like. I mean,
0: there are a lot. If no, we're gonna if we're gonna talk about if we're gonna talk about Vin Diesel's creative decisions, like most of them are bad. Would it have been better <laughs>
2: if he'd named his kid Paul? And it's not treated like it's it's like a, a meta textual resonance, yes, and not. Yeah. I th-
0: I think that would have been a better idea. Yeah. And no one goes, Oh, that's so nice. Everyone's like, Oh, Paul, good name. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah.
2: yeah. It can be a piece of trivia. Alrighty, thank you very much for listening to the most uh, dumbest, most anticipated, dumbest looking movies that we anticipate or hope will come out in 2021. This is part one of a two parter episode, so tune in next week for part two. And if you liked this episode, please consider uh, supporting Cult Popsha in all the places you can. You can uh, like us on Facebook, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, you can subscribe to us on both our YouTube channel and Cult Popsha 2, which, if you listen to the podcast on YouTube, is where you're listening to this. It's where we put everything that doesn't quite fit being on the main channel um you can also join our discord and talk about this stuff with us it's the best way to keep in contact with us um, and that is in the the show notes uh, of the episode um, and you can also subscribe to our patreon donate to our patreon if you'd like at patreon.com slash uh, but until then uh we'll see you next week actually i'll see you in just a few seconds for the post-credit scene which is coming up with richard and i right about now Alrighty, alrighty, righty. Welcome back Richard. You you were gone for the outro, but you're back now I for am. the post-credit scene at the end of this episode. The post-credit scene by the way is a little extra scene at the end of each episode where we talk to our patrons we talk to, to people over at patreon.com slash coldpopshire who donate five dollars or more a month and they give us something to talk about in our post credits scene and this time the post credit scene is brought to us by Nick Jones um, a, a, a long lifetime fan <sighs> of coldpopshire actually because it's my brother Um, Ooh. thank you for being a supportive brother Nick um, and here is the uh, the question he poses us. He says, what are each of your most hated storytelling tropes slash cliches slash techniques and why? Uh, this is pretty interesting because a, um, you know, like a, a video essay slash movie analysis channel such as us kind of relish these tropes because they're yeah. fun to point out and explain how they work. Usually we're in favor of tropes. Um, yeah, I can't
1: really think of any that I actively hate um because there's ones that like ones that you would hate often show up in bad movies kind of thing and so mm. you see it in a movie and you go Hah. like things like you just don't get it do you like i now yeah. get a kick out of seeing that or an english dark, come on
2: yeah 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 yeah. we're not so different you and i yeah a lot
1: of those like lazy writing ones but i, I will say though the-, the ones i i think about um more often like my favorite ones i can tell you my favorite like um uh it's like a it's not so much a storytelling cliche or trope but it's like a a trope used in film quite a bit is um revealing that um music you thought was non-diegetic is actually diegetic um Uh so it's things like a character's running and they're listening to headphones and it's got playing some upbeat music and then someone interrupts them and they pull out a headphone and the music like cuts out on like the left hand side and then or like um someone will turn off a radio and you realize like oh it was actually playing in the scene i always get a kick out of that Mm.
2: nice um i was reminded of a trope i dislike the other day because um i saw one of those you know those jane lynch memes that were big a few weeks back they were like it was like I'm adapting the play.
1: sentence
2: yeah yeah it was it was like i'm going to create an environment that is so toxic mm. but it was changed i'm going to da, 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 da. and i saw one that, that was like shakespeare be like i'm going to create a misunderstanding that is so easy to resolve <laughs> um and i was so struck by that because i haven't read a lot of shakespeare but i did have to read othello in year 13 english um and that's the entire crux of the story basically hangs off um othello thinking his wife is cheating on him and never asking her which isn't so bad when um like for most of the story they aren't interacting but there's a scene where they sit uh, uh, he's like sitting at the edge of her bed and he all but says i know you're cheating on me and i'm going to kill you for it and she never once goes what are you talking about (laughs) <laughs> like she has no idea she she just sort of senses that something's up, but never says what are you actually mad at me for um and it's I feel a bit sheepish trying to say Shakespeare is bad writing, but I was so annoyed by this in in othello and i i told my I told my flatmates that that this trope is something i'm not a fan of, and um one of my flatmates was like well isn't that what is so beautiful about Shakespeare so romantic about Shakespeare is that it is these very human misunderstandings and you know maybe there's there's credence to that but in this case it's like if 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 i was you know if i was talking to someone and i was like i'm you know what you did is unforgivable and and um i'm going to kill you for it and i wish it could be different you're telling me the other person isn't going to be like what did i do (laughs) and that's what apparently a lot of shakespeare is like but especially othello and so my most hated trope is from literally the generic shorthand for a well-written story
1: (laughs) imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now
2: imagine them getting even softer over time